Can I give you all a very warm welcome to our service today as we come together to worship God. Just a few of the notices to highlight before we go on. You'll have it on your notice sheet there. I just remember there's tea and coffee in the hall afterwards. You're very welcome to join uh, together there through in the hall. The service is next Lord's Day. Uh, remember there'll be no Gaelic service in the morning due to the baptism service in the church. And the morning service will be taken by the Reverend James McKeever and the English service here in the church, I will be taking that myself. So thank you from the Stornoway Christian Bookshop uh, for all the support uh, from local churches at this time and indeed throughout the year. Uh, we thank them for that and thank them for all the, the work they do there in the bookshop. There's a number of notices about upcoming events as well. I'll not go through them in detail, but you can see that there's volunteers required for different things. If you're willing to help with uh, in the hall during this coming week, uh, Thursday, Friday, there's the God is Good Africa lunch is there. Uh, there's this prayer, uh, free breakfast on the Sunday morning, next Sunday morning at 8.30. Again, if you're able to help with that, then you can get in touch. Uh, and also with um, help with uh, visiting cruise ships coming into the, the town. Volunteers are needed there to greet visitors to the church during that time. So just read through the notices in your own time and see if you're able to help uh, with any of these events. Well, we come to, to worship God today, and we're going to begin by singing to his praise in Psalm 130. In the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 130, page 421. We're going to sing the whole of this psalm. Lord, from the depths to thee I cried, my voice, Lord, do thou hear. Unto my supplications voice give an attentive ear. We'll sing the whole of this psalm to God's praise. Lord, from the
We'll come to God now in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, we rejoice to be able to approach your throne and to come in worship before you as a holy God, a just and a loving God, a God with whom there is much redemption as we have sung about. For we recognize our unworthiness to stand before you. And the psalmist says, who can stand before you if you were to mark your iniquities against us? But yet there is forgiveness with you. And so we thank you that we can come in and through the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who came uh, for sinners, the one who came to lay down his life, the one who gave his life as a ransom for many. And we rejoice to be able to praise, to worship, to sing your praise, to lift up our voices, rejoicing in the promise that as we come to worship that you are in the midst to bless. And may you fill our hearts with a sense of thankfulness today, thankful for the freedoms we enjoy, thankful for the many privileges and blessings that are ours. But above all, may you make us thankful for the salvation that is to be found in Christ Jesus. And so we pray for your people here today, those who, who trust in you with all their hearts, that you will strengthen, that you will lead us in our faith, that you will help us to walk closely with you. We pray for those who are maybe as yet uh, strangers to you in that way. They long for you in all their hearts. They are seeking for you, uh, but maybe struggling in different ways with assurance, with confidence in you, with an unworthiness in none of themselves. But we thank you that your spirit works in our hearts to remind us that salvation is not of ourselves, but in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so may you help any here who are struggling in that way uh, to fix their eyes on Jesus and you and to find in him the one who is able to help in all our needs. And others may be, Lord, who... Uh, just have no interest in you at times, Lord. We know that not just here, but throughout our land, throughout our nation, and throughout our world today, there are so many who are blind to your goodness, who are indeed strangers to grace. And we pray for the power of your spirit, for the power of your word, to convict and convert, and to bring people to salvation, to bring people to repentance, and to a knowledge of their need of Christ. So we pray for the blessing of your spirit on your word proclaimed far and wide, that you will be in the midst of all who gather in your name, that you will gather a people to yourself and for yourself. We thank you for the assurance in your word that you are building your church. We thank you that we take heart in that, that even in days when there seems to be little progress to that end in our eyes, we thank you that you are working out your purposes and providence uh, to your end and for your good. We know that in the difficulties in life we learn so much, and even more than in the good times. We know that in the struggles we realize our full dependence upon you. For when the way is easy, uh, we find that we put our own, we put trust in and of ourselves for all things. But help us, Lord, that we would recognize our dependence upon you more and more. We recognize the days we live in are so difficult for many. We recognize, O oh Lord, the, 
the financial pressures on people just now with increasing costs of living in so many different parts and so many different ways. And we pray, Lord, for your church to have a burden, a real burden for people around us, to look out for our neighbours, to love our neighbours as ourselves. And we thank you for every endeavour to, to minister to and to reach out to those who are around us. We thank you for all the activities of the congregation here. And even in this coming week, we pray your blessing on all that will be done in your name. We thank you for the work with our young people, for the, the tweenies and the creche as they meet today. You bless all who help there and the children together as they gather for it. Lord, we, we pray that you look after them and show your blessings upon them. Remember all our young people throughout these holidays just now. We particularly remember those who are at camp or going to camp in these coming weeks. We pray that it will be a real blessing upon our young people during these weeks ahead. Remember the leaders and all who organize and help to run the camps as well. We pray for strength and help to each one of them. And may your spirit be with them. We thank you for uh, the, the church being open in these coming days ahead with the festival taking place, uh, an opportunity to, to open our doors here for visitors to come in and to, to see the church, to, to meet with people. We pray that there'll be a real sense of your, your presence in that to watch over all our people and our communities in these days ahead, Lord. In the midst of all that goes on, may people be reminded of the, the, the great hope that is found in Jesus Christ alone. May we come to sing praises and praise his name. Uh, remember the preaching of your word. We thank you for the ministry of your word today and also as we look forward, God willing, to it next week with baptisms to take place. We pray for your blessing on, on the children to be baptized and their parents and families as well. We thank you for all our young people and pray your covenant blessing on each and every one of them. We thank you too for the, the marriage that took place here on Friday. We pray for Madhya and John Ross asking your blessing on them as a couple. We pray for them, Lord, that you will bless them and look after them day by day. And remember their families too. May you be near to them all. So Lord, we pray your blessing on us today and throughout the day. And may we know your mercy and your peace upon us. So we ask you'll go before us and pardon us all our sin as we ask it all in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. Well, we're going to just share a word with the young people just now. It's lovely to see you here today, uh, to hear you. It's great to always to hear young voices in our midst. And I know it's your holiday time, but it's so good that you're still coming to church during the holidays. It's so important that we don't see a holiday as a time to take a holiday from church because it's great to come together and to hear the Word of God. I want to tell you something that, that happened to me this week. And perhaps you were aware of this happening as well. Many of you maybe heard a, a, a noise, a loud noise, on Thursday. On Thursday morning, I was sitting in the study uh, about 10 o'clock, I started to hear this noise, this really loud, loud noise, and I just wasn't sure what it was. So I looked out my window. I thought, maybe it's my next-door neighbor playing loud music or something like that. But 
No, the noise didn't seem to be coming from there at all. So I just went outside. I opened the door and I was hearing this loud ringing noise. A siren was going off. And it was so loud you could probably hear it all over Stornoway because that was the whole idea behind it. Because I remembered then that I'd read the day before on the internet that there was going to be this alarm going off. It was the alarms to do with the gas plant. And it was telling us that this is just a test. This is just testing the, the sound system, the sirens going off, so that in case there was an emergency, they would know it works and that people can hear this siren all over the place. So did anybody else hear the noise? Put up your hand if you heard that loud noise. There's maybe one or two who heard the noise all right. But what it was doing it was warning us of danger warning us of something going wrong and that if we were to hear it we were to know that something was going wrong and do something about it we were to know where we're to go maybe to find a safe place to go and then i read a verse in the bible and reminds us of just the way that side and reminds us of hearing god's word and it's a verse in the old testament in a book called joel and in joel chapter 2 we read these words. It says, Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. So the, the prophet called Joel there in the Old Testament, he was, God was saying to him to, to blow this trumpet, to sound this alarm on the mountain so that people could hear. And what were they to hear? Well, they were to hear that the Lord was coming, that the Lord was coming. So this was something they needed to hear so in order that they could find a safe place to go. And in our own life too, that is what we hear from God as well. As we come to hear what the Bible says to us, we are hearing, as it were, God blowing this trumpet, sounding this alarm in our midst, making us aware of the dangers that are around us, but reminding us of the place that we are to go to find refuge. And that place is to come to put our trust in the Lord Jesus. The Bible warns us, it sounds the siren, sounds the alarm, this loud noise going off, but it tells us to find our safety, to find our security in the Lord Jesus. And so week by week, even day by day, we're hearing this alarm going off. And we are to listen to it and to find our safety in the Lord Jesus. So just like the gas sirens going off and warning us, although it was a test of danger, that is what the Word of God does for us all too. It warns us of the dangers we're in, but the way we can find safety in Jesus. So may we come to know that safety and security for all of us that we find in the Lord Jesus. Well, together we're going to, to say the Lord's Prayer. You have it on your order of service on the notice sheet, and we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And may God bless his word and these thoughts to us. We're going to sing again to God's praise now. Uh, we're singing in Psalm 86, verse 1 to 7 in the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 86. You find this on page 340. Psalm 86 at verse 1. O Lord, do thou bow down thine ear and hear me graciously, because I so afflicted am and am in poverty. We'll sing from verse 1 to verse 7 to God's praise. O Lord, do
turn to read together in God's Word in the Gospel of John, reading in John's Gospel, taking up a reading in chapter 13 and at verse 31. And we read down into chapter 14, verse 14. So John's Gospel, chapter 13 and at verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. And so on, and may God bless that reading from his word. Before we turn to look at this passage, we're going to sing again in Psalm 19, in the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 19 at verse 7, page 223. 
We're going to sing from verse 7 to verse 11. God's law is perfect and converts the soul in sin that lies. God's testimony is most sure and makes the simple wise. We'll sing from verse 7 to 11 to God's praise. God's law is perfect turn back to our reading in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And we're going to read at verse 5 and, and verse 6, where we read the question of Thomas to the Lord Jesus and Jesus' response to it. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. 
How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas's question and the Lord's response to it. As I was saying to the young ones, just before they went out, we were mentioning about the noise we were hearing on, on Thursday and the gas warning siren. It was quite an eye-opener. I remember hearing it maybe a number of years ago, <clears throat> but just hearing it again and just how loud it is and how far and wide it can be heard, it's, it's quite an eye-opener. And what about yourselves? I mean, maybe some of you have heard it on numerous occasions. And when you hear it, what goes through your mind? Uh, what if it was real? What would you do? Where would you go? Maybe the only time you hear it just now is when they're doing a test. But what would happen if it was for real? Would you know where to run? Would you even know what it was? Maybe you've heard it over many years and now you just ignore it. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time on Thursday and, and wondering, what is that noise? It's a reminder to us in how we can be with the gospel as well. Perhaps you've heard the warning of the gospel on numerous occasions. And like you say about the gas warning sign, you say, oh, it's just the warning, it's, it's not real. And the more often you hear the gospel, you almost come to that conclusion. Oh, it's, it's just the word of God. We'll hear it again another time. It's not really that real. Or perhaps like the, hearing the siren for the first time, you're hearing the gospel for the first time and wondering, what is this? What is this warning you're talking about? What is this danger that I might be in? The gospel warning is going off all the time. And it's warning us of the imminent danger that we are in. It's asking us, are you safe? Do you have security? Do you know where to go in your day of trouble? Are you on the right way? Are you going on the right path? Are you running away from trouble and finding refuge? Or are you running into trouble and running into danger. The word of God tells us that when Jesus returns, he's going to come quickly. We're not going to have a, a, a warning moments before or days before saying, oh, he's coming on such and such a day. He is going to come, as the word of God says, like a thief in the night. Uh, just like we were on Thursday, just going about our normal day-to-day -day routines and the sirens are going off, so it'll be in the Lord's return. We will all be going about our day-to-day -day business, doing our normal routine. But as Joel says in that chapter in the Old Testament, the warning sound is going off and the day of the Lord's return is imminent. The question is, do we know the way to safety? Do we know the way to salvation? Well, here in the passage before us, we see Thomas and the disciples who are gathered together with the Lord Jesus. They're with him just hours before he's going to go to the cross. They're hearing what he has to say. They're, they're fearful, they're frightened of what lies ahead for them. 
Jesus has told them he is going to die. He has told them that there is one who is going to betray him. He has told another that he is going to deny him. He has given them all of these warnings. He has told them that where he is, where he is going, they cannot come as yet. And in all of this discussion that the disciples are having with Jesus, it's leaving the disciples with many different questions. And perhaps that's the way we are when we come to hear the gospel as well. We hear everything that Jesus is saying to us, and we have all these questions running around our mind. We have all these questions we want to ask, and if you have questions, do ask them. Because you'll often find that the questions you have, they may seem silly to you, but they're the same questions that other people will have too. So we look at God's word and, and see what it's saying to us. And Thomas and the disciples in the midst of worry and anxiety and fear, they're seeking direction and they're being told by Jesus where that refuge is, where that direction is found when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. I'm sure many of you are avid readers. You enjoy reading a book, and especially maybe at this time of year, if you're going away on holiday, you maybe take a book or two with you to read this on your holiday time. It may be a novel, it may be an autobiography or something like that. Where do you start reading the book? Do you just open it at any page and start reading? Do you open it at the middle and start reading backwards or going from the middle towards the end and then go to the start? Well, if you read a book like that, you're maybe not going to understand or to know what's happening at that particular point. When we're reading a book, we, we, often, we should often begin at the beginning. You, get, you enter into the story. You find out from the beginning what's going on, what's happening. You enter into a story, sometimes it's happy, sometimes you laugh, sometimes it's sad, and sometimes you will cry. When you read the Bible, how do you read the Bible? Yes, we can open it anywhere and start reading. You can pick a verse, as it were, or pick a book or a chapter and just start reading, and it'll always have something to say to you. But as well with the Bible, we are to, to see it from beginning to end. Whether we're thinking of the whole Bible or a book of the Bible, read it from the beginning to the end. And when you think of the Gospels, read them from the beginning through to the end. And you see the outworkings of what Jesus came to do in this world. Sometimes it'll make you happy. Sometimes it'll make you sad. And that's the reality of the world that we live in. But it's the most important book for us to read. It tells us the greatest story ever told. It shows us where we are going wrong. It shows us how we can be right with God. And so today we think of how important it is to read this book. It reminds us that in Jesus we have one who is able to give us hope. And as you think about what is happening in these verses before us, and indeed in this section of John's Gospel, when you think of Jesus with his disciples and the, and the worries and anxieties that they have, it's the common theme in our own lives as well. Our own fears, our own worries, 
our own anxieties going forward, looking for direction, looking for a way in life that will give us hope, that will give us peace. And where do we find it? Well, verse 6 gives us the answer. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And it's these words I want us just to think about today. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as we think about looking for direction and hearing the warning of the gospel today, to think about these three things that Jesus is saying. First of all, we see Jesus say, I am the way. I am the way. Martin Luther once called John chapter 14 the best and most comforting sermon preached by Christ while on this earth. A jewel and a treasure not perchable with the, any of the world's goods. Why did he see so much in it? Well, you just have to read the opening verse, verse 1 of this chapter. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. If we are looking for a way, just as Thomas is looking for a way as he asks this question, what does that indicate to us? It means there is an uncertainty. We're not sure. We are maybe lost. We've lost our way. We've lost direction in our life. It's leaving us confused as to where we've been and where we're going. And so this question that Thomas has here is a question we might have ourselves. We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? How can we know the way? You would say uh, that Thomas may be the only one who is a little uncertain here. But the great thing as you read in the wider context of this verse is that he is not the only one who has this question. He's often referred to as doubting Thomas, maybe a little unfairly, because you see there are others who have very similar questions here as well. Peter, in chapter 13, in verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, uh, in verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? So he has a question. Peter has this question. In, in verse 8 of chapter 14, Philip, another of the disciples, has a question. Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. They all have their questions. And it's a great reminder to us that we will all have questions too. We will all have our own uncertainties. They are all troubled. They are all anxious. And you are never alone in your anxiety in this world. You are never alone in your questions in this world. Even Thomas, as he says here in verse 5, it's not, Lord, I don't know where you are going. It's we. We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He's asking almost on behalf of the others. They all want to know this way. They are all troubled. 
And that's the great response to Jesus here. He says it twice in this chapter. In verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. And in verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Twice he says that. Twice he gives them comfort. And the greatest comfort he is giving them is that they can know the way. They can know the way that they are to go. There are many times in life where we maybe come to a point and we say, I just don't know where I am going. I just don't know now which way to turn. I have tried so many things. And you maybe ask yourself, well, does the Bible really give me any help? Is that a place that I can turn and look and seek for an answer to the way in which I am to go? Yes. Because it is God's word to us in our times of trouble. When Jesus himself says, I am the way. When you are anxious, you look to me. Believe in God, he says. Believe also in me. I will show you the way you are to go. I am going, he says, to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And Thomas is wondering, where is this? How do we find our way to this place? To this place that the Lord is preparing our ultimate aim in life, our ultimate goal and destination should be to long to be with the Lord for all eternity. And Thomas's question is answered by Jesus who says, I am the way. Everything else you're looking for in life, I am the way. I am the one that you are to follow. The second thing in Jesus' response here, he says, I am the truth. If someone is giving you advice or help, the question that naturally comes to our minds is, how can I be sure? Can I depend on what this person is saying to me? Can I truly rely on this advice that I am being given? And as you read the Bible, as well as asking questions, it also answering questions in a way that gives us such great assurance. It gives us such great confidence. Thomas, Thomas's question is given this assurance and the answer when he's asking, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He's also asking behind that, how can I be sure? How can we be sure? And Jesus knows this. And that's why he says, I am the truth. I am the truth. The word that became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of life. The word that points us to the way to the Father. The way to salvation. But the question is, do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe it with all of your heart? Do you believe the assurances, the promises 
that it gives. Throughout the Old and the New Testament, you often find people who didn't believe, who turned away from the Word of God. Earlier in John's Gospel, in chapter 6, verse 60 and 66, there there are large crowds who have gathered round Jesus. But what it says is many of them found it too hard, too difficult to understand. And what happened? They turned away. They didn't follow him anymore. The way was, was too hard for them. And for ourselves, there will be times when the way is hard, when the way is difficult. And that's when we need the truth, to understand the truth of Jesus saying, in this world, you will have many troubles, but be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. To rely on these words, he says here, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. It's to find our way and in those difficulties to believe the truth and not just then turn away. Or as some people do, not just turning away from Jesus, but they, they change the message of Jesus to make it easier, to make it more compatible to our lives. Jesus says, stick to the truth. Believe me, I am the truth. Abraham Lincoln, the former president in the United States, was once having a discussion, a debate with someone who was unconvinced by anything that Abraham Lincoln would say, especially when it came to the matters of faith. And Abraham Lincoln was getting so fed up in this debate and discussion that he was having. And he said to the man who was debating with him, he said, well, let's see then, how many legs has a cow got? Four, said the man, a little annoyed by the question, of course, it's four. And Abraham Lincoln said, yes, that's right, you're right there. Now, he said, suppose you call the cow's tail a leg. How many legs then would the cow have? Well, the man said, five, of course. So confident in his reply. And Abraham Lincoln said, well, now, that's where you're wrong. You see, calling the cow's tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. And yet that's the way we are sometimes with the Bible. We, we change or try to change the truth and make it into something it's not. If the Bible tells us something is wrong, it's wrong. No matter how much you try and change it to something that seems so right and good, if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. And if the Bible says it's right, it is right. You cannot change it no matter what you try to do to change it to suit your own desire. You cannot. And that's why Jesus says in this chapter that he is the truth. There is no other way to the Father. There is no other way to salvation. There is no other way to peace with God except through Him. You cannot change it. You cannot adapt it to your own way or to suit your own need. It is truth. This is the truth. He is the truth. 
And we can be sure of that because it is Jesus himself who tells us. He says, I am the truth. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe that he is the truth? And what difference does it make? What difference does it make if I believe this or not? Surely there are many ways to God. Surely there are many ways to peace. Well, the Bible says there isn't. Without him, we perish. Without him, we are lost. Without this truth, your eternity is so different. You perish. But with him is truth. And with him, as we see finally, there is life. Thomas's question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? As well as behind it, looking for direction. As well as behind that question, looking for assurance Behind it, too, is the search for salvation, this search for peace, this search for something that will truly satisfy in life. And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. And then thirdly, I am the life. When you read a book, there's a storyline running through it. A book, it's a story about Maybe a person, if you're reading an autobiography, it, it tells you their upbringing, their life, and what they've done. There's this theme running through it. Or there's a story behind it, an event, or an action story, or something like that. There's this theme running through it that's obvious from beginning to end. And if you ask yourself that question of the Bible, what is the theme that runs through the Bible from beginning to end? Or what is the theme that you read of in the Gospel of John from the beginning of the Gospel through to the end? It's the recurring theme, isn't it? It's the theme of life and of eternal life, of our sin and the consequences of it, the pain of death that that has brought, the theme that you see running throughout. From the fall back in Genesis and the pain that that brought, running through to Revelation and the hope of eternal life for all who believe, it is that life is found in one place, the God who gives and the God who takes away. And the life that you speak, that John speaks of in his gospel again and again, is this hope of eternal life. Whether you're looking at John 3, 16, that great verse that speaks of the eternal life that is found in Christ. Or if it's towards the end of his gospel in chapter 20, at verse 30, when there's a sort of summary of the whole gospel there, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing uh, you may have life in his name. It's the theme that runs throughout life and the life that Jesus offers, this life eternal, this life 
that gives hope to our troubled hearts. This hope that is for all who will believe. I read a powerful testimony of a girl whose life had once revolved around drugs. Her lifestyle had gone in that direction. And the only thing that mattered to her, the only thing that she craved day by day was getting the drugs that kept her going. The drugs that she believed would fully satisfy her. Until someone told her about something else that could transform her life and that would leave her fully satisfied. And that something was the Lord Jesus. And she came to believe. She came to faith. With help, she overcame her addiction and she found that joy that is only found in Christ. And she lives for him. He has given her life and life to the full. And you maybe say to yourself, but my life's not like that. My life hasn't gone that far down. Well, think of Thomas's question here and the one who was asking it on behalf of the other disciples too. Their lives weren't bad, but they still needed help. They needed a savior. They needed life, and that life was only found in Christ. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. The girl whose addiction was broken, she found satisfaction in Christ Jesus. And that is the only place any of us will find true satisfaction. It's the only place any of us will find life. It is in him. A man called Thomas Kempis once said, Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. That is life without Christ. There is no going. There is no knowing. There is no living. But with him, you have all of these. You have the way, the truth, and the life. And maybe you're seeing the place that you want to go. Maybe you're hearing of this Savior, this wonderful Savior, Christ Jesus, and you're wondering, I can see it, but how do I get there? Sometimes it feels like you're in a maze. A maze that's got the sign in the middle, and you know where you've got to go, but you just can't find the direction. Every turn you take, it's another dead end. But you know there's a way because someone has gone before you. And Jesus says that he goes before us. And it may seem like the way is so difficult and we can't just find the way. But he is saying, I am the way. I will show you. In all the realities of this world, in all the questions and direction you may be seeking to find, he is the way. When you put your trust in him, he promises never to leave you, that he will stay beside you, that he will guide you along the way. 
And so if you are looking and seeing and longing for that direction, trust with all your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as God's people, when you know the way, your greatest desire and love should be tell others of that way. J.C. Ryle put it like this. He said, tell the young, tell the poor, tell the aged, tell the ignorant, tell the sick, tell the dying, tell them all about Christ. Tell them of the power. Tell them of his love. Tell them of his doings. Tell them of all that he has done. For the chief of sinners, tell them what he is willing to do until the last day of time. Tell them over and over again. The gospel siren sounds again today. It's not just a test. It's not just something that you say, don't worry. It's just a test, nothing to worry about. It's always real and it always needs a response. The siren sounds, but will we heed the warning? We thank God that Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. With Thomas, with Peter, with Philip and the other disciples who were looking for a way, looking to know where Jesus was going and the way to him, we thank God that we have the response. That we look to Jesus who says, I am the way and the truth and the life. As the bell, the siren goes off again, will you come and follow him and find your refuge in him who gives life, who shows the way and who is the truth. May God bless these thoughts to us. We're going to sing in conclusion in Psalm 25 in the Sing Psalms version. Psalm 25 at verse 4. O Lord, reveal to me your ways and all your paths. Help me to know, direct and guide me in your truth. Instruct me in the way to go. We'll sing from verse 4 to the end of verse 9 to God's praise. O Lord, reveal to me.
after the benediction, I'll go to the door to my left-hand side. We'll close with the benediction. Now may grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with us all, now and forevermore. Amen.